Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. With Mr. Don Albrocht, Bracht, the, uh, the much more handsome and lesser known brother <laughs> to Bill. And uh, yeah. <laughs> you've, you've been on here twice, early 300s, with some crazy stories from your time in the FBI, all those pictures, which were insane. Um, and because I'm shameless, I pestered you to come back on because I was like, I know you got more stories. And you have finally, with the patience of a god, come back on my podcast and undergone my harassment. So for all the new listeners, please introduce yourself, my man. I'm Don Albrecht, as, uh, as as Tommy said, and um, FBI agent retired 2012 after 28 years uh, with uh, the FBI and uh, served in San Diego, uh, New York City, and can- finished up my career in Kansas City. And um, uh, mostly worked violent crime, a little terrorism, a little public corruption, a little this and that here and there. Very little foreign counterintelligence, but uh, mostly violent crime, and uh, and most of my cases were regarding that type of thing. And uh, uh, also on the SWAT team, also a firearms instructor uh, in all those offices. So I uh, had a pretty interesting career all in all. Yeah, the pictures we went through last time of your SWAT team pictures looked, I mean, if you went into encyclopedia and looked up like 1980s tactical mustache, those guys, <laughs> awesome, like right out of a movie, <laughs> like perfect. Yeah, I look much more swashbuckling back then than I Nonsense, do now. Nonsense, sir. <laughs> I think you look better now. Now you've got the yeah, wisdom. like Popeye. Yeah, it now is. you've got wisdom, right? Yeah. yeah it's like, I like forms like Popeye with, it's, the, with the perspective exactly, of the camera. Exactly. Hey, man, you got to take it with age, man. You got the wisdom. That's right. You can look back at the swashbuckling you. That guy's a dipshit. You got, you got wisdom now. Yeah. I wish I had it back then. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, I look back at me two years ago. I'm like, you moron, but... I'm only 30, so I know I'm whatever I'm doing right now, I know I'm looking back on this in the future. I'm just like, you yeah. you jackass. So, well, yeah, it, it doesn't get much better. I still look back on things I did at 60. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it ends. You know how I think it ends? I think it ends with death. I think that's yeah. when you stop looking. I don't. Th- I think up until the last minute, you're like, man, I'm such an asshole. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, Can so, so what, are, what story are we getting into today? Well, this one was, uh, we got into the stories before. This one I didn't get to was, um, it was kind of a, uh, kind of a humorous case uh, in, a, in a way, but it's also kind of tragic in the sense that it's a stolen valor case. In other words, some guy mm-hmm. pretending to be somebody he's not. And uh, usually that involves being a military veteran hero, that type of thing. And uh, this was this was like the most pathetic guy you could possibly ask for. Um, we, you know, we do as part of the FBI's investigation, our, our jurisdiction, we, uh, do crimes that involve impersonating a military officer, uh, and the uh, unauthorized wearing of medals. Um, there's, uh, <clears throat> false identification, uh, that's sort of impersonating a federal officer. All these things came to bear on this case. 
Um, and and what, what started out as innocuously enough, a, um, uh, a Navy veteran who was, uh, I think it was part, uh, part-time private eye and, and had other, uh, another business on the side. And he was in the office of a client and he, uh, being a Navy veteran, he was you know, very keen into uh, the heraldry of, of, vet, of Navy awards and uniforms and, and uh, how things should be. You know, obviously probably a pretty squared away guy himself. And so he, uh, he saw a picture on the, the credenza of one of his clients and it was an admiral, a uh, one-star admiral, which I, I recall is a commodore. I think they call that. Um, and he is a um, uh, wearing a dress we call mess whites. It's a white, pure, brilliant white yeah. uniform, a chest full of medals, a Navy SEAL trident on his on his uh, on his chest, which is a big deal. That identifies him as a Navy SEAL, been through the training all that, which is very very interesting in in and of itself. However, the thing that caught his eye was he was wearing a ribbon at the very top of all the ribbons that represented the Congressional Medal of Honor. And he knew this by looking at it because it's very distinctive, light star, uh-huh. white stars and light blue ribbon. So he uh, he took a look at that. He goes, wow. He goes, I, I, a Navy SEAL, Medal of Honor. I mean, there are several. Um, but he, the guy was wearing a name tag, which was, you know, sometimes unusual uh, in the Navy. Um, <clears throat> it was, uh, it said, the guy's name was Toops, T-O-U-P-S. Kind of a unique name. And he said, Toops, Toops, that doesn't ring a bell. I've, I've read all the stories about Medal of Honor winners in the Navy, and uh, that one doesn't ring a bell. So he kind of filed it away and uh, concluded his business went went home and, and um, he got pulled out of his books and started looking at it. You know, it was back, you know, this is 2002. Internet was just starting up, you know, just getting going, really roaring about that time. And he may have been actually consulting the Internet as well, but he, he did some checking around. And could not find anybody by this name. And of course, he had gotten he while he was there, he got quite a bit of information from the girlfriend. Uh, now that he was looked at the guy, the guy's picture, he says, "Oh, hey, you know, uh, how about that? Uh, that is just pretty impressive. Who is it? You know, that kind of stuff." So, oh, it's my boyfriend, and you know, and he's uh, you know, we've been dating for a while, and you know, blah blah blah, and all this stuff. Give him a little background on it. And uh, she doesn't know anything about the Navy, the military, anything like that. So she she's not has got a clue that this could be a problem. So um, he goes and looks at this, and he goes, "This guy's a fraud." There's a, there's no doubt about it. Dave, there's nobody by that name um, uh, having having got the Congressional Medal of Honor. So and, and it's very it does unfortunately it does happen where actual veterans will will uh, do this sort of thing, which is kind of rare, but it does happen. So he thought, well, this guy's more likely a fraud, you know, never been in the military. He'll, I, he was bent. And, and so he said he knew the FBI covers this information. So he says, hey, I'm going to call the FBI office and let them know. So they do. Long story short, they get they get the information. The information gets passed over to our squad, which is the violent crime squad. We handle all types of, of these uh, miscellaneous violations as well. And that's what makes the job so interesting is you never know what you're going to do day to day. And so I get to catch the case. Now, I'm a veteran, Army vet, and uh, I know you know a thing or two about military and, 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 uh, and not that much about the Navy, but I, I know a thing or two about the military. And I certainly know a thing or two about officers. And um, so I have uh, I, I look at the picture of the guy. He, he uh, 
the, I forgot, how did he do that? He took a picture, I think, of, of the picture, I think, and you showed it to us. And it did, it, somebody just didn't look right. So I, I just, you know, I said, well, we'll go at it. We'll go after this. And I go, see, the first thing we're going to start is go down and interview this woman who was not far from our office. As a matter of fact, it was uh, like yeah, five minute drive. So we went down to myself, uh, actually just by myself this time, I went down and did an interview. I always told people, if one agent shows up, it's no big deal. If two agents show up, it's, a, it's probably pretty serious. If three or four agents show up, you're probably going to jail. So it's a, and, and I, this time it was just an interview, so I just went down by myself to get some information. So I contacted this woman and I uh, said, hey, you know, explain to her who I was. Um, I said, you know, there's a, I, I looked at the photograph there and I'm looking at this picture of the guy and I'm going, mm, yeah, it looks just, that's the guy, all right. And I said, and so I, I started quizzing her about background and she's telling me all about this stuff and he's uh, living with her and, uh, uh, and he's gone a lot. And he's, uh, you know, apparently he, he's worked for some secret thing that she can't talk about. So right away, I'm going, okay, it's a secret thing. She knows it's a secret thing, but she can't talk about it. That means he's telling her this crap. And I'm going, that's a red flag right there. Okay, people that work secret stuff, don't tell other people they work secret stuff. It's just That's just a rule number one of clandestine operations, okay? So uh, so I think, you know, this is all, they'll start to fit together like it's a fraud. So, but my biggest problem is I don't want this guy to get away okay because i i gotta i want to catch it so i i said I, I basically said let me do a, sit down here and then just sit tight let me do me a favor i told her right up front i said look i believe he is not who he says he is and i don't want to see you being any danger or uh and don you your your audio's cut out. I can't hear you. You can't hear me. I can't hear you. Fuck. Um, uh, how about how about you how about you leave the meeting and come back in? Oh wait, you can't hear me. That's. Uh, sorry for everybody listening. I don't know what's going on. Sorry for the technical difficulty. Don? Hey, I, yeah, I don't know what just happened. Um, How long was I talking? It's, it probably only like five seconds, and it just kind of just turned muffled. Um, yeah, I was going to say, why don't you leave the meeting and then just come back in? That'll probably do it. Okay. All right, man. All right. Bye-bye. Shout out Zoom for uh, not Why is this camera not focusing? Just focus. It's a $200 camera. Focus. Not a good look, Zoom. Not a good look. Yeah, I put up even more of the acoustic tiles and I got them like, got like a stack next to me. There we go. Dawn entering the room. And can you hear me? Got you now. Got you now. I don't know what that was. You know, I was thinking for a half second, you know, do you have a buddy in the NSA or something that's fucking with you? Just flipping it off. Just like, hey, dog. Oh, yeah. The NSA actually figures into this story, so 
Maybe. Maybe they don't want to be embarrassed. Hey, man, I'm telling you, every time I've had on someone, I swear to God, I had on a guy from the Secret Service that was in the EOD or was an EOD. And he just started talking about like homemade bombs and like the service cutout. I had on on guys from the CIA and the service always kind of cuts out. So I just figure that I've got some unofficial fans watching. Maybe Uh, Maybe Langley, maybe D.C., I don't know, but so you said I don't want to see you in danger, right? And then yeah, so I, I so I said I said there's a I said I don't know what this guy's plan is or what this guy's you know, background is, and I don't think he, if he is who he says he is, uh, I don't want to see you in any kind of danger. And I, you know, like I said, I went into great detail asking her, you know, is this guy trying to perpetuate fraud on her or something like that? And she basically said, no, I mean, you know, I'm giving her a few bucks. You know, I, I've been feeding him because he's living at my house. And, you know, and I asked, well, where does he go during the day? I don't know. He drives my car around all day. You know, he has to, and he's, he's got, apparently he does freelance work or whatever. Yeah, you know, whatever the guy's doing. But bottom line was nothing was adding up. So I said, do me a favor, just sit tight. I got the information. So I went back. I called this back in the old days. I picked up the phone. I called uh, the office and I said, run this name. And I ran it. I said, parks me this age, da, da, da. nothing, nothing come back on the name. And that's odd because usually it'll come back with something on the name. Okay. So I'm going, okay, well, Roy A. Toops that does not even register anywhere. So that, uh, that was something right there. So um, I did a couple other checks, you know, just to see if I could find anything, can't find anything, which is everybody's got something. So, you know, when you run something, you don't see anything. That means, that means this is probably a, a phony name. So this is back, you know, even before I, you know, identity fraud was going on. So this guy just basically made up his name. And so, so I went back to him and I said, look, here's the deal. I said, I want to be here when he returns to pick you up tonight at five o'clock. I want to be here. So I can talk to him and find out who he really is and what his story is and why he's, uh, you know, maybe he's a veteran, maybe not, but he's not a Medal of Honor winner. I need to know a little bit about this. So I said, not, and I don't want to put you in the middle of this. So you just, all I'm asking you to do is do not call him. And I said, and, you know, you don't know me. I don't know you. There's a, it's not a question of trust. It's a, a question of trusting, but ver- verifying. So I'm going to make sure that I monitor uh, all outgoing calls of this, of this business from this point forward. So no, and this is, you know, right about the time when cell phones were just starting, you know? So I said, uh, don't, don't make any, and I got, I, what I want to do is scare her enough to where she wouldn't call the guy. And I, and I, so I, I made it without going overboard. I made her, um, understand that this is serious. Something needs something needs to be straightened out here, but we can't do it if she interferes and that sort of thing. So she luckily she bought it and she didn't. So basically, uh, I called the office, got my my partners down here, uh, Craig Arnold, Doug Spillers, and Craig is a former Marine, so he was chomping at the bit to take a look at this guy. And uh, so Craig and Doug show up. We set up on the, the business, and sure enough, like clockwork, this guy shows up at five o'clock. And um, there was there was clearly as soon as I saw the guy, I said, "Nah, this guy's not. He he certainly doesn't carry himself like an admiral. He didn't look like an admiral. He was 46 years of age, kind of pudgy, unimpressive, you know, type of guy. Kind of like how I look now. I was you gonna know? say, probably looks like a jackass <laughs> like me. And I'm like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm an admiral general 
Delta Force. You'd be like, what? Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm like, uh, I see this guy and I go, and so I'd be like, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, you know, got a coat and tie on. I walk up and I said, uh, I walk up behind him as he got out of his car and was starting to walk towards business. I walked up behind him and say, Admiral Toops. And he turned around and looked at me and his face was just, you know, sure white. Cause he, first of all, he goes, who's this guy? How does he know that? <laughs> and then I said, my name's Don Albrecht. I'm a special agent of the FBI. I'd like to talk to you. And do you know what happened? He pissed his pants right there. And honestly, honestly, he pissed his pants right there. You're not, you know what? you're not, you're not, you're not juicing up the story. He actually pissed no. his pants. Yeah. As we said, we, he released a little bilge water. That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. So, and, I, and here's another thing. I shook his hand. When I shook his hand. Not an admiral. You know, no, this was not an ad. This was this was not the handshake of an admiral. This was the handshake of a guy who's impersonating a, a military veteran, right? So I am I am confident that I'm on to something here. So weak handshake doesn't look like him. Uh, I also had noted that um, the, the the Navy vet that spotted this guy also told me that his not only was he didn't have the the, the correctional medal of honor based on his research, his decorations were out of order. In the, in the military, the decorations mm-hmm. go on in a certain precedent, highest to lowest, right? Well, you don't, if you're an admiral, you got aides to do that, to take care of that, make sure that you don't have to follow that crap, yeah. right? You just you just stay with, uh, you know, having somebody check it out and that's that. Never, you, that's something an admiral would never allow to happen. Well, that was another thing that, that kind of that was another clue. But when this all this happened, I'm going, okay, we're on to something. So I said, I said, uh, well, Mr. Toops, uh, here's the story. I said, um, I said, you're being detained. I said, you're not under arrest, but you are being detained. You're not going anywhere. You're in my custody. I said, I need to find out who you are. So we're going to go back to the FBI office and we're going to fingerprint you. We're going to find out who you are because I don't believe your uh, your name is Admiral Roy Toops. And he goes, oh, no, no, I am. And then he pulls out this uh, uh, false identification for the NSA. And I looked, took one look at it, and I go, well, this is bullshit. <laughs> I said, it was, I've seen these things in the back of this magazine you could get at the time through Soldier Fortune magazine or a Paladin Press. You know, make make uh, official-looking you know, ID and all this. And this was right out of their catalog. It's like a National Security Agency identification, which, you know, this stuff, it's against the law make that stuff you know Dude. so and so he had his name uh, admiral uh roy a toops retired or something like that on there i'm going oh my god so guess what he just had he just got another count of federal charge against him by doing that presenting himself as an nsa official so that still this is his doom right there so I, I i handcuffed him put him in the back of the car and we transported him to um to our office and we took him inside to our, to our office and we treat him like a gentleman of course and we sit, sit him down we handcuff him to the uh, to the wall in the interrogation room and it's right outside that room there's our fingerprint room and so right away i said okay before we get into the fingerprints i figured let's see if this guy will talk to me and tell me who he is and he's and finally he says no i'm not an admiral and i was ne- i was never in the navy i see he says i just do that to you know, so people, you know, accept my story, you know, and and uh, I do it for fun. I, you know, basically, the guy, the guy did it to get laid, basically. You know? I mean, <laughs> so, you know, hey, who among us is not stretching truth, you know? <laughs> I, I, in, 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 in December 2012, I went to, we got a hotel on Times Square 
in at New right. Year's, me and some of my best friends from college. We went down to some bar. We were buying drinks, and we saw these guys, and like they're you know marine, they're like they're you know they're best, right? They're right. whatever what class A's is that what it is? What, yeah, something like, yeah. You can tell. I don't. I don't. I went up to him, and I remember I was like, you know, I got it because they're my age, and I'm just thinking like I'm a jackass spending money on Times Square. Here are these guys. They've served. They've they've served in combat, and I was just so I went up and bought them. You know, I was basically something along the lines of like, hey, they can drink on my tab for the rest of the night. Like it's the least I can do. I'm a pussy. Here, you guys can drink all night. And they're like, thanks, bro. And we started talking and stuff. And uh, one of them had, I believe, a prosthetic leg. And I, we got them kind of loosened up. And I finally looked at them. I was like, hey, between you and me, I go, you guys wear this stuff out of the bar on New Year's Eve, Times Square. You just trying to get pussy? And they looked, they both looked at me and they they go, I figure we've earned that, right? And I was like, Fuck, yeah, man. And, uh, but, That's right. Yeah. But, so, but I figure I've earned that right. I would say right. they have. Right. Not tubes. Right. Yeah. Now the tubes is a different story, you know. So he's basically a fraud and he's and he's uh so the question now becomes, well, who is he really? Okay, so and I he keeps saying, but well, that's my real name. I go, uh-huh, okay, what's your date of birth? What's your social security number? And I got all this and I could tell I said this just he just didn't it didn't just roll off his tongue, okay? So I ran everything that he gave me and it came back. A goose egg. Nothing. Nothing. There's nobody by that name. Nobody by that name with that date of birth. Nobody by that name with that. And the Social Security comes back to somebody else completely different. So I go back down. I throw my throw the papers down on the table. And and uh, now it's time for bad cops to come out. I said, listen here, you know, a few expletives. I said, you ain't going anywhere until I find out who you are. I said, and so we're going right in here. We're going to fingerprint you. And then I'm sending those by fax to the FBI headquarters. And I don't care if we have to spend here all night, but you aren't going anywhere until I find out who you are. And I said, do I, do you understand me? And he's like, he's like, he puts his head down. He's shaking. He goes, all right. And he identifies himself as his true name, Ralph Irvin Crowder, 46 years of age. Um, he is a fugitive. Uh, has been a fugitive for 20 some years and he had basically uh, had had committed a bad check offense in Missouri. Now we're in Missouri, by the way, Uh, all this took place in Missouri. Down South Missouri, like, you know, Joplin or, or someplace like that, someplace down South. And he, you know, finally identified himself and said that he had a warrant out for his arrest for a parole violation. Well, when I, 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 he actually didn't even tell me that. When I got all of his identifiers, I went to run those to see if anything came back. And sure enough, he came back with a parole violation. A warrant is still out there for his arrest. I, and I, I said, I said, well, 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 looks like you still got a warrant. He goes, yeah, that's what started this whole thing. He said he, he assumed this identity to um, avoid the arrest. So, so we got into, okay, where did you get the uniform? Where did you get the metal? All this stuff. He says, yeah, he bought it all in, at a surplus store in Albuquerque, New Mexico, you know? So, uh, and so he bought the uniform, the metals, he put it on, got his picture taken, you know, and then he you know, had these eight by tens, uh, made up. And then he gives them these girls. And after he get wins there and, you know, there gets influence over them. Then he hands them, he goes, here, I want you to have this a picture of me in uniform, you know, cause I, you know, and he do this, he's been doing this for years. And, uh, and he would, he would literally honest, honest good as he would travel from one woman to another until they got wise or got tired of his crap. And then he'd move on and find another one. And he would do this to one unsuspecting woman after another, always a 
single woman, un, unattached, um, meeting in a bar or something. And uh, next one thing leads to another. And, you know, they think they've got, you know, maybe they think they've got some war hero or they've got some guy with a government pension. Who knows? But because mm-hmm. believe me, this guy was no day at the beach, you know. Yeah. And, and so he was, uh, he basically got, got uh uh you know got got that's how he made it through his life all these years okay so this is 78 and this was 2002 what's that 24 years you know yeah. roughly yeah and he'd been doing this off and on so jesus so he'd, he'd been living underground and um he actually told me later he was happy that that it that he finally got caught because he was tired of living this way well yeah well he was actually married so this this is here that what's funny is that the case spun off, you know, here we got the guy within a few hours of arresting this guy. We got this case sort of wrapped up. I mean, in the sense that he admitted it. He was, you know, who he, we found out who he was, what he was doing, why he was doing. End of story, right? Not exactly. So now we want to find out, you know, is, is what he's telling us true? Is this guy a part of a larger fraud ring, whatever? We don't take this at face value. So... This launched a, uh, a several search warrants based on his information. He gave us consent to search, but we wrote search warrants anyway, and went and got and went and uh, uh, collected. Uh, and and I didn't I had no idea this was going to end up like this, but we collected so much stuff. None of it turned out nothing. He turned out none of it had anything to do with a fraud or any kind of perpetrated any kind of fraud. But I literally had enough crap to fill a shopping cart full of junk that he bought on the internet or through the mail order, I guess it was mail order back then, where you could buy uh, through these catalogs in the back of Soldier Fortune magazine, you could buy a mug that said, you know, Navy SEALs and have your name put on it or something. He had one like that. He had he had a mug from uh, some ship, some uh, USS such and such with a, the Navy SEAL on it. It said uh, to commit to to um, Captain Roy Troop back back when he was a captain, a colonel level of colonel in the army, a Captain Roy Troops uh, from the men or something like that. And he had a certificate or a, a plaque from the CIA. He had certificates from the NSA, all with his name on it. And this is all part of his his shtick, basically, to make people believe of who he was. And most of the stuff was harmless enough in the sense that it was part of the BS story he told. Sure. But when you but when you got into doing the national security agency credentials and, and things like that, the national security agency certificates, now you're crossing into federal territory. Okay. Mm-hmm. So intelligence community. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> so the CIA plaque, you know, even that was just like I couldn't there was no you know, but the big thing is with this, and and I'm, I'll give you a little history of, of the uh, the cases a little bit. But let me first of all let me do that because this is like say okay why why did I pursue the case the way I did? Well, here's the story. There's an agent in um, Newark, New Jersey, named Joe Catone, who was an FBI expert on stolen valor, and this guy to this day still is retired now, like me, but he is still works these cases, uh, probably pro bono if I know him. And he, what happened was he worked a case in Long Island when he was in New York City working there where the company that made the man, manufactured Medal of Honor was actually making copies. And they were selling them out the back door and making tens of thousands of dollars. And, and basically they had like, we figured there was like 300 uh, custom made Congressional Medal of Honor um, uh, medals floating around out there because they the government only gave it to one company to do it and they had to have a contract to do it so many years and then they of course they got to go up for bid and do it again for somebody else and a lot of times the same company got it again 
Well, this these somebody unscrupulous executive there started going out the back door, and and I, to their, I don't think the corporate knew about it. I think it was kind of a scam going on with a couple employees, but they ended up uh, getting fined, you know, and all that stuff. And uh, these guys were arrested and charged with, uh, you know, making false copies. Well, Joe Catone, never been in the service, but he has the utmost respect for uh, for military people. And uh, he made it his life's work to track down every one of these stolen medals of honor. And I forget what he's up to now, but this was one of them. How we knew on the back of every Bell of Honor, there's a there's an there's an initials. I think, uh, if I recall this right, there's some sort of identification. It's not a number, but it's like the initials of the person receiving the Medal of Honor are engraved on the back of the medal to make so to identify it as the belonging to this person, this recipient. Okay, and so that's that's sort of like if you find one out there, then it then it's not going to be a uh, a, a real one. So. So he went about doing this, and this case fall, fell in my lap, and that's when I learned about Joe Catone and what he was doing. So I, I, I talked to him at length and got more information, and I started to, you know, start putting together my case because I was back then. The, the the history of the law regarding the Medal of Honor kind of went through a cycle. Let me got in my notes here. I saw recall, recall right how it started out. Like when I was doing it, 2002 it was just a misdemeanor to wear the medal. So that was, let's see, what, what happened? First of all, I talked what happened to him. He, um, we did search, search warrants at three, location, uh, three locations, basically the place where he was living with his wife and then the place where he's living with his girlfriend that had the photo in the office. And then a third location, which I forget what that was, maybe as a former, former partner or something like that. And we recovered all these mementos, artifacts, and all that stuff and documents, you name it. But the most interesting stuff that became of interest to the United States Attorney's Office was the, uh, the uh, he had blank uh, uh, identification that to create false identification. And he had, of course, in possession of the National Security Agency credentials. And he had other, other types of things, stamps and seals and all kinds of stuff. He even had top secret stamps and all kinds of stuff for, you know, for, to make things look like they were, it was real. And he had all this stuff in his possession. So I started, I took all this information over to the U S attorney's office. And I said, I know some of this stuff is, is illegal to have possess. And then others it's illegal to use and others that you illegal to manufacture, you know, and it helped me sort it out. So he, this guy did a great job. The United States attorney over there, the, the assistant United States attorney I worked with there, did a, did a great job. He helped me sort it all out and get prepared for prosecution. And so the big hammer was, of course, impersonating an NSA officer. That was the big one. Second was impersonating a military officer. Third was, uh, you know, wearing the Medal of Honor. Fourth was possession of uh, possession, uh, utilization, and manufacture of false identification, all federal crimes. Now, most of them weren't that serious, mostly misdemeanors. Uh, a couple of them were felonies. The impersonating officer is a felony, uh, the NSA official. So we ended up, uh, you know, charging with a lot of this stuff. He pled to lesser, you know, basically we got lowered some of them, dropped some of them. And he um, was sentenced to 18 months in prison, which is, makes it a felony. And, um, you know, he got out after 18 months. He died in 2007. I actually talked to him after he got out. And he called me and said, you know, hey, I'm out of prison now. <laughs> I'm going great. You know, I wonder if this guy, what this guy's going to be up to. But he, 
no hard, no hard feelings. You know, he was basically going to go about his uh, about his business. Well, and he never, I never heard from him again after that, which was fine by me. But the bottom line was, he he didn't, he never tried to um, uh, capitalize on to get money. So that put it in a much lower category. If you do this and try to get money for it, well, now you're stepping into wire fraud, mail fraud, and other types of fraud. So. <clears throat> that never would that threshold never got crossed so that that kind of kept it in the lesser category so a little background on stolen valor it's it's a ongoing problem especially with uh post-vietnam it happened a little, quite a bit you know, after world war ii korean war ii but post-vietnam it really did and it really i think it really took off in the 80s when the vietnam veteran was was you know before that they were kind of uh, eh, you know they were people who were ambivalent almost towards them because I, I was of that era i was into during the vietnam war but never went over to vietnam so I'm a Vietnam veteran, but I'm not a combat veteran. So I kind of lived through that. I remember the ambivalence most people had two veterans at the time because of the Vietnam War. So it, it but then as the veteran Vietnam veterans were recognized in the 80s for all they had done, uh, you know, during a very troubling time in the United States history, they started to be, be you know, they started to be put on a pedestal a little bit, you know, start raised up where they belong with other veterans. And as a result, people started glomming onto this. You know, veterans and non-veterans started, in, you know, impersonating a veteran. If you weren't a veteran, or if you were a veteran, maybe you were a cook someplace, and and you made it a you know, made a made up a story that you were a combat veteran, that kind of stuff. You know, that happens. That, unfortunately, that does happen. Um, so they there was a because of the the. Um, uh, prevalence of this. There was a book come, came out and called Stolen Valor, uh, 1998 by B.J. Burkett and Glenna Whit Whitley. And they basically uh, exposed what was going on in society with people and embellishing the fact that they were their, their military record or their flat out impersonating military veterans oftentimes to get recognition or to get something of value. And as and that a book was very instrumental in getting legislation passed federally in the Stolen Valor Act of 2005, which basically strengthened federal law regarding the unauthorized wear, manufacture, or sale of any military decorations and medals and made it a crime to falsely wear decorations and punish up to six months in prison in federal custody. So that was that was the uh, that came out actually. See, this all occurred in 2002, and these statutes were on the books when I prosecuted Crowder. However, the, uh, the the this case came out subsequently, which strengthened the law. I said, "Oh man, if we'd have had that, we probably would have uh, you know gotten more time for the guy." But you know, the guy was really not a criminal. I mean, they, they, you know, they're be you know, people can think what they want, but yeah, he was more pathetic than anything yeah. else. Yeah, and he was. And he was he had to be punished for what he did. But he, but there was no reason to go after a guy like this. There are plenty of other there's bigger fish to fry out there. So we we took it easy on the guy because yeah. he was just like I said, he was he was contrite. Yeah. And I remember during a sentencing, we had uh, Roger Donlin, who was a special forces captain and uh, got the Medal of Honor in Vietnam and uh, got uh, severely wounded. And, and he's uh, just a, a gentleman and a, and a, a really honest Honest, hardworking, uh, you know everything you would expect from a, a congressional medal of honor. Humble. Oh, this guy is just unbelievable, right? Well, he was in court testifying at his sentencing about what a you know slap in the face this was to all veterans, all all military personnel, all 
Congressional Medal of Honor recipients. Now, we never call them winners. They're called recipients. And um, this guy was visibly upset. This guy was visibly upset. He, he, he apologized in open court. He never meant to disrespect, you know, and all this stuff. He just did it. And, well, we know why he did it. So bottom line was uh, the law was sufficient for this guy. But to, to be that as it may, they, they strengthened the law. So um, so a couple of people got arrested, got caught in the switches with this case. And so somebody sued and said, you can't uh, charge somebody with a felony of, of um, you know, using the wearing the Medal of Honor because we have freedom of speech in this country, even if it's false speech. And uh, basically, the Supreme Court of the United States upheld that without criminal intent, wearing the Medal of Honor was not a crime. It was uh, merely a uh, freedom of speech. You can pretend to be anything you want. Okay. And even though we, we think it's disgusting, reprehensible, the court of public opinion is going to have to handle it, not not a court of law. So basically, the the uh, Stolen Valor Act of 2005 was amended in 2013, which made it a crime to falsely claim or embellish military service rank decorations to receive something of value. So that was money, property, or other tangible benefits. Like I know uh, actual veterans who embellished their a military record so they could get more VA benefits. Now that's a crime. Yeah. Okay. So we actually had, I belong to a Vietnam veterans chapter and we had a guy who was a out and out, uh, honest to God, a war hero in Vietnam. He was a chopper pilot. And he was a hell of a, hell of a guy. I mean, great guy. And he had, and he had many, many decorations, but, but they still, this guy still had to embellish his, his uh, uh, awards. And it got to the point where this became known and uh, he was told to knock it off. And you know what? He didn't do it. He, he dug in and said, no, it's all true. My records were lost. To, you know, the big, the big, uh, I'll we'll get into that in a minute. How to spot one of these phonies, okay? But he was classic. He was classic in some of the stuff he said. But anyway, as we go on with the, uh, with the, 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 the case, the, oh, that fact, that's my next segment would be to mention the red flags because this was, I'm a real skeptic. I'm a skeptic anyway because that's just the way, that's kind of just the way I am uh, mm-hmm. because of my, my years as an investigator. I don't believe anything anybody tells me at face value. Generally speaking, you know, some people are pretty good liars, but I don't like internet stuff. I get anything on the internet, I, I just believe it immediately because I've been lied to so many times and I've been burned so many times with so much bull that comes over the over the internet. So I, I don't believe anything. I, I've forwarded things, turn out to be false. And I'm just like, of all yeah, people, yeah, I you, should know. Yeah, you I feel should, stupid. It's, it's yeah. yeah. And I got cops and FBI agents sending me stuff that I'm thinking, you know, you guys should know better. This is crap. And so I used to say, I used to send it back to them and say, this is bullshit, you know, but I just stopped doing it. I, I got tired. I got tired of doing it. So bottom line was back to Roy, Roy Toops, a.k.a. Ralph Crowder, or reverse that, Ralph Crowder, a.k.a. Roy Toops. He never got any money beside his uh, living expenses so that he didn't get he, he did he did kind of get some things of value <clears throat> basically he was trying to avoid capture on a warrant nobody questioned military heroes back then he, he had a place to flop and get laid he he enjoyed the attention uh the, the biggest problem he i said that he told me and in, in, in that confidence but he told me at one point he goes Every once in a while, I'd run into a real veteran, and I had to, I had to disengage right away because I couldn't. I, they, you could tell they didn't quite buy my story, and I said, "No, I'd have, I'd have seen right through it in a hurry." Well, how do you tell? 
and, and this is, and I see this a lot, especially when I'm dealing with people. Uh, now you got veterans of the Iraq war and the, and the war in Afghanistan, things like global war and terror, all that. You got people still doing this stuff, okay? <clears throat> but when asked for records, proof of what they've done, they always are real sketchy about it. They go, well, you know, there was a big fire back in St. Louis, which there was back in St. Louis, uh, uh, back in like it was the 60s or 70s, I can't remember. A big fire burned all these records up. In fact, my father-in-law's records were were among the records. He was a World War II vet, and I've been able to piece together bits and pieces, but I can't get all the records because they were destroyed in a big fire back in the 60s or 70s. I can't remember which, but I, some guy smoking in a, in a, in a broom closet, you know, because you weren't supposed to smoke there. And he set the entire place on fire, burned it, destroyed all these paper records, you know, so... Bottom line was they 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 did lose a lot of records, so that was kind of a fallback position for a lot of people. But they they always referred to the yeah my record destroyed the big fire out there, so I don't have anything. The other big thing was well everything I did was a covert operation, so you know there's no record of it. But I, I was given the award for it. no 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 no. Even if you do a covert operation and you get an award for it. They sometimes you don't get anything for it, but if you do get an award, they're going to note that due to it was classified nature of the mission, no details were given. However, you know you performed above and beyond, a, you know credit to the, uh, the service and the value of the nation, and blah blah blah, all that good stuff. So you'll still have something. Okay, there's just verbiage that goes with it, but <clears throat> they. The big thing is they don't look like veterans. They don't carry themselves like veterans. Veterans. Having been in the military, you learn military bearing. And that's something that once you learn it, and if it comes natural to you, to you uh, which it did for me and which it does for most people, uh, is if you, uh, you, you tend to uh, carry the, your, yourself like that th the rest of your life. And you look, you basically walk the walk and talk the talk. It, it, it's something that you have a warrior mentality, and especially uh, somebody who claims to be a Navy SEAL. He's going to have that warrior mentality in spades, okay? So you're going to be able to figure out right away if a guy is milk toast. you know, that this guy, A, he may have been in the military, but he probably wasn't in the combat arms, okay? He, he was certainly not a Navy SEAL or anything like that. So there's a lot of that type of stuff goes out there. They don't, they, something about them just doesn't look right, okay? Yeah. I've had guys younger than me which I was on the tail end of Vietnam. That's why I didn't go because I went in the army in 19, I graduated 72 and I was in the army in January 73 <clears throat> and Vietnam was still going on, but it ended, the conflict ended, uh, uh, shooting, the shooting wars ended right after that and was completely done by 75. So anybody my age is at the very, very tail end of that war. Anybody younger than me couldn't have been in Vietnam. So, because I went in when I was 18. And bottom line is, is, is they, they, their age doesn't match the conflict. So people said they were in World War II. But if you look at their age compared to or the Korean War, they couldn't have been, you know. And if you do the math, they couldn't have been. They would have been 14 or 15 years old. So that's a big, that's a big red flag. And, you know, and the other thing, the big thing is that real heroes don't tend to advertise the fact they might if you go to their house you know you'll come into like my place here um i've got you know i got a, a veteran tag on my vehicle i've got like um, uh you know some stuff on the military behind my wall here but you know i don't wear it on my sleeve 
You know, it's not that kind of thing. I get on my, my truck. I've got a couple things on it. Because, you know, I can't put FBI stuff on it. Somebody will keep my car. Yeah, so, that's true. <laughs> so that's- I put... I put that, and who would want to do that anyway? So I put military stuff in my car. So I got my unit patch and some airborne wings and, and uh, you know, the 82nd Airborne, of course, and, <clears throat> and, a, and, a, and the Vietnam Veteran Association I belong to, and American flag, you know, that's it. And the, the 505th Infantry uh, uh, Brigade that, that I was part of. So if, that's the extent of it. If I but ever, just on my car. If I ever do Stolen Valor, st- Stolen Valor I'm going to go right to the top. <laughs> Chairman of the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. I'm going to walk around in that uniform. And then you got to get the badge. You got to get that badge they wear. I won't even have that. Fuck it. <laughs> I was that. I was. Uh, yeah. You got to be old. Yeah. Well, no, I'm a prodigy. You, you wouldn't know about me. It's classified, Don. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and that's that's essentially what these these uh, these guys do. They they'll yeah. and you be and and some people are mentally ill. So you know these right. are the guys that you look at and you go, what is this? He looks like a soup sandwich. I mean, he's he's a horror. It's a horrible uniform, and, and you know they're, they're, they're nothing matches. They they look like Napoleon. He's got his hand in his jacket almost. It's one of these deals. I mean, it's just. Um, you know, the brushes, the brushes on their phone. <laughs> like 1800s, like right. Russian yeah. shit. Yeah, Otto von Bismarck. You know, stuff, all this stuff on. I mean, th- those guys are kind of wacky. Powdered wig. But it's it's the guys who take take the time to research and put yeah. together a uniform for the purposes of uh, embellishing a fraud or, or perpetuating a myth that they have uh, established themselves. Those guys, uh, those are the ones that I'm real suspicious about. Whenever I hear, uh, yeah, he did some real sneaky stuff in the military, I go, eh, maybe, maybe not. You know, I don't, I basically, my, unfortunately, I've, I've gotten so jaundiced by this. I don't believe anything anybody tells me, especially when it comes to the military record, unless I know otherwise. I don't challenge people about it. I just don't, I, I just choose not to believe it. Over time, if I, you know, ask enough questions or if they tell me enough, I'll be able to sort it out. But yeah. I just generally assume, eh, most people are, are probably exaggerating or, you know, it doesn't fly oh, at all. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nowadays, what's beautiful about the internet, it has a lot of downsides, but one of the good sides is, is there is about a half a dozen different websites you can go to now to, to, if you think somebody's a phony, you can go, or if you just want to check them out, just to, just because you, because you know they tend to bullshit, well then, this would be an option. There's the United States Army Special Forces dot uh, com or dot net or something like that. U.S. Army Ranger uh, uh, has has uh, a, a website you can check. The SEALs, USN SEAL has has a uh, I think it's dot dot net I think or dot org. USMC uh, SOC which is a Special Operations Command they have one. The United States Air Force uh, Special Operations Force SOF also has as a website where you can go in you can put in a name or and and, and search a name and, you know th- that's not classified material but you can find out if anybody was a member of like a ranger unit or a special forces unit or a seal unit things like that or maybe somebody like in the air force like a combat control team or, or, or something along those lines and then there's a www.fakewarriors.org and there's a, another website straight up which would be pretty easy to find stolenvalor.com which is you know you can go in there and find just about anything on anybody so 
you know, you know, guys like me, uh, you know, I, I serve, you know, three years stateside the entire time with the 82nd Airborne Division. I've been nowhere, done nothing. Uh, but I did my time. I got out and uh, a guy like me could be, I can embellish uh, his military record quite a bit Very if well. he yeah. chose to. Yeah. So, but, you know, I would, of course, I'd never do that, but veterans are better at it than uh, than the, the non-veterans for obvious reasons. So you have to be careful. So you may have an honest-to-God veteran who just exaggerates his uh, military service, which a lot of people do. You know, it, it, it's very common. Um, you know, like I say, a little, a little, I my motto is when I'm telling a story, bullshit makes the story, right? Yeah. You, you have a color to a story, you know, it makes it sound better and everything like that. But uh, it's not necessarily true, but it's, it's like poetic license. You just you just you just take a little license of the facts. Yeah, you know? like who, 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 the, who the fuck cares how real a story right. is, right? It's like when comedians. Yeah, they, they just want a good story. That's it's like all. when comedians say, "If this really happened," and I'm like, "I don't give a shit. Just make me laugh. I, I don't, I don't care. I, I don't enjoy Star Wars or Transformers any less because I'm like, did this really happen? I'm, right. I'm, I'm there to watch big robots punch dinosaurs. Like I don't." Clearly, I've tuned out mentally. Like, I don't care, right? It's, That's you just right. Want, you just want to laugh. You're all having beers. Yeah. Just make me laugh. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like you, you may have heard this. Uh, uh, the difference between a fairy tale and a war story. Well, a fairy tale starts out once upon a time. A war story, a war story starts out, this ain't no shit. Yeah, no <laughs> shit, right? There I was, knee deep in, in grenade pins. Yeah. yeah, right. No shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly how those things started. So you know, like I said, this was this case uh, was was not the most famous or anything, but it was it was an interesting case from the standpoint was the entire office was talking about. It. I mean, because I every day I bring in more crap, and everybody couldn't believe all the stuff, and they they did it got it was fondly referred to in the office as the admiral's case. And I, I had a buddy who uh, who would uh, get call and leave voicemails for me. He'd, he'd wait till he knew I was out of the office and call my desk extension. And he'd call, uh, especially when he found out the guy was out of prison. And he'd call, he'd say, he says, hey, I'll break this with tubes. I'm out of prison. And I'm coming for you. <laughs> I'm, and I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you, motherfucker. It's... <laughs> It's, I was I was dying laughing. I was just I was of course I knew who it was. And it was it was just because the fact that this guy had a, had a mean bone in his body was was a stretch to begin with. He couldn't fight his way out of the wet paper bag. But yeah. but just but this this the kind of the kind of grief I took for this case. But it was it was uh, like I said one of my more memorable cases because of where it took me. And, yeah. and it was not you know nothing I. You know, nobody gave me no accommodation for it or anything like that. Actually, I take that back. The Medal of Honor Society did give me accommodation because I took, I, re, I recovered the ribbon, the, the actual medal rather, was never recovered. He he didn't, he, he left it at a girlfriend's house and we tried to run it down. We couldn't find the girlfriend. He couldn't remember the name and all this stuff. So that is still out there somewhere. So the actual medal never got recovered in the photograph. And because the uniform, the photograph were all left um, with a girlfriend. And I, and I think if I remember, we sent leads out to recover it and she had destroyed everything. She had taken it all out and, um, and, and burned it or something like that. She was angry with him or something like that. So bottom line was, so it, it, it did get taken care of, but uh, you know, it's just like, 
I, I just I, I just remember that I took all that stuff that this guy had fabricated to this persona and I put it in a big box and I shipped it to the Medal of Honor Society in South Carolina, in Charleston. And they have a society there which is dedicated to the Medal of Honor recipients in the United States military from day one up to the present day. And it's a fabulous uh, place to visit. I'm told, I've still, it's on my bucket list, a place to go to, but they've got all these exhibits and stories and all this stuff down there. And so I sent all this stuff there. And I, my understanding was back then they were going to put a little display together and say, you know, this is what, uh, you know, to, to, act, to highlight the stolen valor aspect of the case and say, yeah, there's people out there that are, you know, profiting or, you know, getting undue recognition on the backs of uh, Medal of Honor recipients, and said, this is this is this is how far some of these people will go, you know, and they're going to have a synopsis of the case and all that. And I always thought, man, I'd like to get down there well, to see it, but I never did. But they did give me a nice certificate, so I'll, uh, you know, by the time I get down there, everybody that knew about the case will be dead. So. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to like, I want to try to find if anybody listening to this podcast knows anyone that maybe you suspect it uh, is doing stolen valor. I want them to get him or her on the podcast, and then like five minutes in, Don, you'll join the meeting. Yeah, ask questions. Huh? <laughs> you'll be you start going off questions. It'll just be like it'll be like to catch a predator. Remember that that show on Dateline yeah, NBC? Yeah. It'll just be that. We'll just start catfishing. We'll just start catfishing yeah. Stolen Valor, guys. Well, let me make a prediction. The audio will go out. Yeah, goddamn right it will. Well, that's the thing. That's we'll, where ne- go. we'll never upload it. I can't them. hear you. I, can't, oh, I think we lost audio. Well, uh, I- sorry, guys. I got to go. That's when you see, the, <laughs> that's when you see the, the FBI SWAT team and ninja suits coming in the back door just as the audio goes out. I'll be like, I guess that was a flashbang. It's, yeah. Well, I- exposing people like that is what you have to do now because that's – Really, that's all you can do, unless they're uh, the, like the guy I was talking about from the, the Vietnam Veterans Association, who we the, 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 the other veterans actually went after this guy and exposed him. And he actually uh, went. He refused to, to cooperate and admit guilt. And he went to jail. He went to jail rather than admit. And we proved or they they, they proved they proved that. It was a fraud, and he had gained something of value. That's why he went to jail, and he got out of jail. And he, and I think he still maintains that it's it's false, which is which is you know well you could get into the psychological aspects of that, but that's that's really bizarre. That's that's narcissistic, really. That's insane. So, it is, yeah. But he was a fraud, no no doubt about it. There's uh, so it, it basically. There are guys out there who will go to their grave saying, oh, no, that's what happened. So, you know, part of me, a small sliver of me kind of respects Toops. Take this with a grain of salt (laughs) that that he looked you dead in the eye and (laughs) gave you an NSA credential. That that took that took stones. I'll tell you, because you know what? I know what the I've seen these phonies before. <clears throat> this was this was as soon as he goes, he goes. I looked at it, I go, Well, I know he, he's not an NSA official. And be you know, I, I just and I look at it, I go, No. I said what are the color just drains from your face if you're in there running fingerprints and you get a you get a direct call from an untraceable number and it's director of the NSA. It's like back off. Please that man. Back off, Albrecht. This is this goes up higher than you could possibly know. 
This is this is some Oliver this is some Oliver Stone shit. This is yeah right. This you tug on this thread, it goes all the way back to Lee Harvey Oswald. It's just (laughs) man, it's you know if you were gonna just look at someone dead in the eye and say NSA CIA, you know part of me wish Toops kind of held on to it a little longer. Be like your fingerprint came back with nothing. Exactly. It's, 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 by hard design. When, it's hard to do it when you pissed your pants. Well, that you know? too. No, that you're right. That he wouldn't have got through training. But man, if yeah. if, if you ran my name and it nothing came back, I'd be like, yeah, it's because I'm good at my job. You know, right. I feel no, like if you're, that's, yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's another red flag. Yeah. Every 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 clandestine operator has a story, a backstory. They call it backstopping. We used to do with our undercover agents. Yeah. We have a story behind that. If you check the guy something will come up yeah if nothing comes up that means it doesn't exist so it's got to be backstopped yeah yeah i mean like right like joaquin garcia right the guy i had on exactly yeah big jack yeah 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 yeah. he and he uh he said yeah when he was down in miami doing undercover stuff he actually made sure to find a cemetery with it was like a whatever fake last name he was using i don't think it was the falcone case i think it was something else but he actually went and found a cemetery of two matching it was something like lopez and he made uh-huh. sure to remember where it was. So sure enough, one day when the mob boss is like, Jackie, let's go pay respects. Without yeah. missing a beat, he was like, let's go pay respects. Didn't Wasn't like looking around. Where, he just went straight there. Then he goes, you know, he goes, I was just, you know, I was just praying to God that, you know, the actual kids weren't there. <laughs> like, yeah. Who are you? But yeah, no, you backstop it, right? Just have that ready. Right. Yeah. Or if you're not doing any of that, just... uh Take the Winnie Winnie the Pooh approach. Uh, if you tell the truth, you never have to remember anything. Yeah, that's it. Just, just yeah. be a jackass like me. I'll look you dead in the eyes and tell you. I'll be like, I still crouch when I hear a gun go off. Like I'm not gonna try to be like I was in Delta Force. <laughs> I've had people right. when my hair's shorter <clears throat> in college. When I was a lot lighter weight. All the time, people ask me, "Are you military?" I'd be like, "Fuck no!" I'd be like, "No, man, I, I'm not even gonna try." I'm like, "No, yeah. no, I'm in. I'm taking organic chemistry. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Bullshit. I can't carry a rucksack. I don't need MREs. No, it's uh, a yeah. yeah. So just yeah. just don't do it. I guess. No, it, it is. I'm just like, and that shows a uh, pathological problem. I mean, if you if you if you have to be someone else in order to get through life, then you've got some issues, you know. So um, that's something, you know. Especially like me, I've lived in, I've lived in the, the shadow of a, of a couple uh, honest to god military heroes. I mean, yeah. and uh, and they're 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 like my role models, my yeah. two brothers, yeah. and 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 but that doesn't change who I am, yeah. you know. So I, you know, they were that was them, and I'm me, you know. That I you have to be your own person, yeah. So it, it's uh, there's always going to be those greater than you and lesser than you. So you just as the sooner you learn accept that, the better off you're going to be. Yeah, just accept what you have and just yeah. Be, you know, if there are, I have friends. Most of my friends, most people I meet, much smarter than me. Much you know, yeah. I have friends that are doctors and lawyers. Yeah, and I'm. I'm just like, no matter what I do, like I'm just not gonna. My brain, like I don't have the same RPM or horsepower that they do. Like I can work harder, but like sometimes yeah. you just meet a guy that was born with a Ferrari for a brain, and you're like, well, fuck that guy. But like, yeah. But you know, I don't know. Look at someone else. Find someone dumber than you, and be like, at least I'm not that guy. You know. 
Like, right? Story of my life. That's exactly. <laughs> Just come on this podcast and be like, at least I'm not Tommy. You'll leave here feeling better. Be like, look at this jackass. You know, talking exactly, about psychological yeah. disorders. I'm <laughs> sitting in here in like a styrofoam box. You know, like you yeah. know? <laughs> I'm not exactly. I don't exactly have all the screws bolted in. Um, but yeah. Don, let's let's wrap this one up. But um, real quick, can if I can. So, the importance is I always looked at things like stolen valor, and yeah, I kind of lean towards freedom of speech. But more than anything, I guess I was always surprised that I was like, you know, is this just a, is it to show respect for actual veterans? But I never thought about what you said. It's well, you have to make sure they're not actually committing fraud and impersonating a military, I guess, military member, a member of the military. Is it yeah. how much how much of it is, or at least for the listeners, could you explain as you explained to me? So it's not just like, fuck these guys, my brothers, you know, veteran, like, because that's, you know, that can't be a basis for law. That's based in emotion. It, it is. Yeah. It's it's fraud. Right. And, and I think the law, I hate to say it, is probably correct. I mean, unless there's some criminal intent and you're committing yeah. fraud, I mean, it, otherwise you're just you're just bullshitting. OK. And the problem is, is that that's not there's no law against that. That's not, you know, it's it's you know, I, I, I have friends that, you know, that combat veterans from Iraq my age. And mm-hmm. uh, they, I mean, I remember asking them about like you know kneeling at football games yeah and, and they were like they were like i mean they're like it's they're pissing on the graves of my like dead friends but they're like at the same time the very thing you are fighting to protect right. is a society where you don't get beheaded for you know stomping on right. the flag as disgusting as it is you it's it's a weird catch-22 where it's you know, I've had on your brother. You know, I've had on of military guys. I've, and I have nothing but respect for them. And, you know, someone that does, you know, claim that they are this person, it's, it's I mean, you're lower than pawn scum. But yeah. at, at a certain point, it's like, are, is, is the beauty and glory of what guys like that do is because they protect a society that is so free that you can kneel at the anthem. You know, it's if you don't clap for the supreme leader in North Korea, they chop your hands off, right? Sure. It's, I mean, it's it's a hard pill to, you know. And again, I, I always point to like my my great uncle Rich, eighteen years old, Omaha Beach, survived. He was actually in the FBI for fifty years after that. It's, wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, insane. Um, passed away several years ago, but so I'm, I don't say it lightly. Like, I don't know what I'm saying. Like, no, he had, he had a dagger with a swastika on it that he, that he took from the body of a soldier that he, he killed in Normandy. Like it's as real as it gets, but it is like the thing you're defending is a place where not commit fraud, but you are free to bullshit. Like that's, right. you know, comes with the terror. Anyone can buy a gun. That also means we have school shootings, but it's also everyone's armed to the teeth and you're supposed to overthrow a tyrannical government. Like, you know, I can, I'm free to go eat Big Macs every day. I'm also free to die of heart disease. It's a kind of a, you know, it's, it's a, that's a tough, choices. yeah. yeah. What? Just choices, choices. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough pill to swallow, <laughs> but I mean, that is the ultimate, now that doesn't mean you have to show him any sort of respect. And I'm not saying that, you know, 
you might give them a black eye or something, but like, yeah, it's, it's so just, that's the key right there. You, 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 the, the court of public opinion will yes. uh, deal with people like that. Yeah. And that, and that's what, you know, so fr- freedom of speech is fine. Freedom of speech allows us to know who the assholes are. Yes. And then we can deal with them accordingly. Absolutely. But, and, and one person's uh, hero might be another guy's jerk. You know, it just depends. Sure. Depends on the, your audience. So, sure. Yeah. yeah. Comes in a fraud. Well, then that's, well, then there are, there are a whole set yeah. of laws that deal with that already. But yeah, freedom of speech is kind of like, uh, it's kind of like anti-aircraft tracers. Right. Yeah. You, yeah. You can you can you can triangulate the assholes. You're right, like, exactly. There he is. That yeah, guy over there. You can see right where it's coming from. Well, that's a, and that's the big thing. The government it should not be in the position of determining who whose speech is is allowed to be permitted and whose isn't. Well, you know, and that's where we're headed. I'm afraid. Shit. Well, yeah. It's well. I mean, you do see that with it starts as a noble endeavor. We're right. ha- we're halting stolen valor. And it's like, well, yeah, I guess you're right. You know, you can't be, you can't bullshit. But how many steps removed and how many years removed is it until all of a sudden it's you tweeted that you don't like the president 20 years in Guantanamo Bay? Well, that's a whole other aspect. Big tech, the big, that's exactly. That's not government, but that's, that's a, it's tyrannical no matter what. It is. I've been kicked off here twice. I'm back on my third strike. I say one bad (laughs) word, I'm gone. And it's, but I mean, it's how long until so like right now I, I got I got booted off for episode 370 with a CIA veteran Claire Lopez talking about election fraud and episode 411 with Dr. Um, Hodkinson a, a Cambridge MD who was just talking about the inefficacy of lockdowns not even anti-vax but right. those are two topics that got me kicked off now people might say you know oh well that's good you got to stop misinformation you got to you know, all right Okay, I'll let's I'll play devil's advocate. I'll take that with a grain of salt. But now we're now on two topics you can't talk about. Right. How long until there's a third, and then a fourth? How many years down the road are you, can you no longer post videos of people being unarmed uh, unarmed people being shot by cops? When can right. you not post a video of Hey, I think there's fraud in my local government. It the people that are using these things. I think the vast majority of people are good. The people that are pushing for the Overton window to shift to where certain things can be suppressed, they don't have good intentions. These are the assholes that, that want the tree of Liberty to be parched. These are the people that are like, Ooh, we can push this, push this, push this. And now all of a sudden it's 2035 and you're not allowed to question what's in the the Pentagon appropriation bill. What are they doing with 800 billion? Right. It's yeah. yeah. It's it's get when it, when you start you know when you start suppressing speech, no matter what it is, even like you know, a Nazis. I remember I remember as a kid, um, maybe high school, maybe college. I can't remember, but I remember the Nazis wanted to march in Skokie, Illinois, which is predominantly Jewish. And I'm going, and they of course they they at first they refused to let them do that. I said, yeah, they shouldn't let. Them. Wait, you know that's just going to be trouble, okay? And I thought, you know that that I thought that was a good idea. But then the court came back. No, you can't prevent. It's freedom of speech. Now, unless they can make an overriding case for safety and that kind of thing, which I don't think they could, um, they uh, they they had to let them march. And I remember thinking yeah. at the time, going, well, yeah, when you think about it. That's when I first learned that all speech is protected, even speech you don't agree with. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not I'm not going to side with the Nazis, but sure. 
I don't. I, I guess I got. We got to listen to them. Hey, we don't have to. We don't have to agree with them. But we no. have, to, they have to. They have to be heard. Hey, you know, you know, Kathy, Kathy Griffin, the the so called comedian, and like right. right in like 2017, she went viral with that photo of her holding a bloody severed Trump head. Right now, I don't know what the technicalities of that are when it comes to like the Secret Service visiting you, but me as a conservative guy who openly likes Donald Trump. I remember saying when it came out, I was like, that's disgusting. But I'm like, I think you're allowed to do it. You know, yeah, you are. it's, yeah. you know, unless you're saying, go get me a real one. Well, okay. Well now you're calling for threats, but like, yeah. I think you're allowed to, I, it's, yeah. it's disgusting. I think you're allowed right. to, if you want to We've seen quite a bit of that in the last uh, few years about that. Yeah, we have. And it's, you know, it's, if if we push for the inability for that, we will become the thing we are suppressing. If we look at right. someone saying, I want to march around as a Nazi, and we say, you can't do that, that's a wrong ideology, that is laying the framework to become a Nazi state. Exactly. It's, you can't, exactly. it's disgusting. It's absolutely dis. I went to a school in deep south Georgia. I heard the full hard R N word more times per day than I had in the previous 18 years of my life. Yeah, yeah. I think you're I, and I'm free to cut those people out of my life, and I did. Yeah, I think you're free to to say it. It's disgusting. I yeah, it, honestly, it. I think I think when, when we we banned the N word, that was the beginning of this stuff. Uh, now, it, now, someone's going to take agrees. someone's going to take this clip out of context. <laughs> right, Two yeah. white guys saying yeah. it all started when they banned the N word. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, and, it, and, it, and it, it's probably right. That's probably what they'll do. But but yeah. it, it, it's disgusting. Yeah, and we know what it means. Yeah, but but who's going to know down the road how bad it is if we aren't allowed to say it? No, like you know, uh, you go twenty years from now, kids aren't going to understand. It may come back because people won't understand what it, what exactly. it means. The real meaning of it. yeah, exactly. So. It's 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 and, and and this is more of like a pet peeve of mine, but it's like. When we make things unsayable, all you do is give them power. So, like, yeah. for instance, you know, the corollary is, is everyone says, oh, you can't say the N-word, but you can say cracker. If anyone calls me cracker, I don't care. Now, right. yeah. so I, I use this, and it's kind of a, a thought experiment, is, like, what is magic, right? What is, mm. you know, in any Harry Potter or fucking Lord of the Rings, what is magic? Magic is something you say. And it has a physical effect at a distance. You know, ab abracadabra and the light turns on. I say something and there's a physical manifestation in the real world. Let's say Don's black and I call him the N-word. I'm in Maryland. Don's in Missouri. Don, you know, he straightens up. He gets, you know, what did you just I just had an effect. I just kind of fucked up your afternoon. I can't, You go to your wife and you're like, man, this guy said this... You gave me that power because I'm not allowed to say it. You yeah. gave me, you don't have an immune system built up to these things. I get it. I'm also white, grew up in a well-to-do family, and I don't know the plight of racism. I understand that. But the minute we start taking away words, I'm Irish. You can call me a dirty mick. You can say Irish need not apply. I don't give a shit because you're allowed to say that. Now, if that had been outlawed my entire life and then as we're signing off, Don goes, you dirty Irishman. I would sit here and call my dad. This guy said this to him. He, Whoa, what did you say? My mom would be like, oh, my God. 
But it's yeah. no. Instead, you can be like, Tommy, uh, you're a dipshit, retarded, faggot, moron, bitch. And I go, yeah. you know, you're not wrong. <laughs> it's, it's, it's. <laughs> yeah, I, that's right. When you suppress these things, all you do is give them power. That's all you're doing. You know, well, I think I think, you know, I'd, I'd like to know if when somebody says something, it identifies who and what they are. So if, if you're not allowing that, the big thing, yeah, should we should we say, hey, these, you shouldn't say these words. These are fighting words. Sure. Yeah. These are fighting words. OK, so you don't say those things. If you do say these things, expect consequences. Well, yeah. OK, yeah. so it's, yeah, yeah. that's different. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, just to say, oh, it's forbidden from our lexicon. And like you had people reading Mark Twain for crying out loud. And it was and now you and, and the uh, the professor or, or teacher or whoever it was that, that that actually read that in class was actually disciplined or fired or something. I mean, come on. I mean, it, it, now you're getting stupid. It's so it, it, it's yeah, it's when you remove it from a le- yeah. Now in a court of law. No, it, you're allowed to say it. Now, does that necessarily mean if you go, you know, my best friend lives in Baltimore, if I go visit him and we go to a pub and I'm just letting the N-word fly, hey, there's a high chance you guys are going to be the pallbearers at my funeral in the next, you know, 24 hours. But the idea that because what we're seeing it right now is you can say for 20 years, oh, well, you know what? It's good we didn't let the Nazis march. Oh, it's good you don't say, well, how does it start creeping up? Well, now you yeah. can't talk about election fraud. Okay, okay. Well, now you can't talk about a COVID vaccine. Okay. Well, what about the people that maybe take the vaccine and die? Are, are they not allowed to hear that? How long? Okay, now what happens when a another Trump gets in office and he goes, no more, uh, no more dash cam videos of uh, or body cam videos of uh, unarmed black guys getting shot. It's they can cite national security. We can't have any more riots. Well now, yeah. well, now we don't get to balance out the powers of the police because we go, did you hear someone got shot? And I go, I'm not posting it. I'm not trying to get my, my channel. But it, you can see how it creeps up until soon, all of a sudden, you know, are, did you speak bad about the king? It's, yeah. And we become the very thing we fled from. So on that top, on that note, everyone should swear like a sailor and say everything you're not allowed to say. Find the edges. Find what gets you a black eye. That's the wrong with a good black eye. I think that's probably only ever made someone stronger. I've got, your courage. I've got punched in the face, and yet you'll learn your boundaries. You go, okay, noted. There's the yeah. there's the out of bounds <laughs> line. That's right. You get slapped by a girl, and you go, noted. You know, noted. that wasn't yeah. a compliment. That was a drunken slur. Maybe maybe not the nicest thing to say. Noted. And you just and you find the boundaries to your life, and then live in that box. And you'll probably be happy, but if we don't know have, your audience. yeah, if we know your know the crowd, if we don't have these boundaries, we're gonna walk off a cliff. Yeah, I can't wait until this podcast is the size of Joe Rogan's, and someone digs up a clip in ten years of me and another white guy with a flat top going. It all went wrong when they banned the N word, and that's good. It's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna be you down at the Medal of Honor Museum, and they're gonna be like. That's the racist FBI guy. And uh, yeah. the only thing that make it better is if I had a German accent. I know, right? Z- listen, the entire problem started when we allowed intermarrying of races. Once we keep things pure, that is when we excel. And it's like, oh Jesus! But that's where it yeah. goes. Now, again, it doesn't help that I have blue eyes and I'm white as snow. But, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I guess your last name, Albrecht. 
Abrax. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Abrax. That's as German as your kids right there. I mean, that's basically Albrock, right? Arbeit Mark yeah. Fret. That's like Albrock Mark Fret. Albrock will yeah. set you free. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to figure out what it means. Yeah. It means, uh, I guess, uh, means something in German like uh, the pigs are loose in the kitchen or something like that. <laughs> Don't talk about yourself like that, Don. You're beautiful. <laughs> Don. Well, it's been fun. Your stories are fucking amazing. I love you. Are always welcome on my podcast. Please don't be a stranger. And um, yeah, man, thanks for coming on. Thanks for giving me an hour of your time. And uh, I guess uh, shout out Admiral Toops. Yeah. <laughs> you know. God rest his soul. Yeah. If uh, uh, if if you're gonna. L- Maybe the ins- maybe there's one good thing to come away with that, and it's when you're going to try to get laid, pretend you're the admiral that your wife thinks you are. Yeah, pretend you're wealthy. Pretend that'll always get that. Just <laughs> lie about your wealth. <laughs> yeah, just money is the be- best aphrodisiac ever. Uh, you Love know, I- I'll respect his confidence. Fake it till you yeah. make it. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Maybe don't do it with valor, but yeah, you know, look a look a woman dead in the eyes and say, "I am the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff." No problem. Hey, <laughs> Mr. Albrock, thank you so much, sir, and I'll uh, I'll send it to you when it's uploaded. All right. Great, Tommy. Always a pleasure. Thanks Bye, a lot. Man. Yep. Thank you. God bless everybody. God bless America. God bless the freedom of speech. All right, Don. Amen. Take care, Take brother. Care. Peace. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.